You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Alrighty, and we're back with the season preview of Push the Point. Uh, we're finally going to break down everything pre- presented by the Matchless Buttons Podcast Network. Of, cho- of course, excuse me. Uh, I'm your host, Ramsey. As you can tell, I'm discombobulated, but I'm just excited. We're finally back in the Overwatch League regular season. We've made it back. Joining me, of course, is my co-host and our host host, actually, by internet standards tonight, Mr. Bosco. Lobo, how are you doing this evening? I, I'm doing great. We, we were kind of like messaging about finally doing this. I grabbed some random overlay that that was like generic for us to have for our, for our boxes. So that way we could put up our cams on the stream. And then I just threw the match those buttons bug and a push the point logo that we have, which, by the way, new logo and all that. So shout sure. outs to Red Gear for making all of that for us and, uh, you know, doing an incredible job at it. So I. Big things for this season, Ramsey's. Basically, that's that's what we're saying, and obviously a big season for the Overwatch League in general anyway. Most definitely. If you don't follow us yet, you can find the show on Twitter at Pushpoint. What's it? Pushpoint P-O-D? How did I forget yes. our own name? Yeah, at uh, Pushpoint P-O-D for Twitter. Pushpoint P-O-D. Leave us a podcast review on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you use. You're able to break the code and actually leave a review on Spotify. Let me know yeah. how. And that really helps us out a lot. Find us in our Discord at discord.me slash mash those buttons. Quick bit of housekeeping. We have our next game night coming this Saturday, April 16th at 6 p.m. PST. It'll be really fun. We've been getting some good games this last couple of times. 17. Uh, I think 17th. 17th? Yes, Dude, because I, the I only am, reason I know this is because I actually know when my birthday is this year because it's on a Sunday. I don't know why I know. I just do. So. My birthday is the 18th. Saturday is the 17th. So you mean next week is going to be our our birthday stream for the Labosco birthday recording stream? Yeah, it'll be a Labosco birthday recording stream. I'll be turning 31. Oh, Uh, you know, I I am now officially like well into my 30s. Nah, man, 30 is like 30 is the new hot age from what I've been hearing. It's the new 20. So, you know, whatever. Except so, you can drink and, and like you have responsibilities. So it's a lot different you can, than 20. You can rent a car. You can sign a mortgage. Like you can apply for a credit like, card. You could do that at 20 as well. Like you can't you're rent just a car pay a lot. Yeah, no, you can. Oh, no, you're not you no, right, 20. Right. You're just going to pay a lot more than somebody who's like 24. 25 Most is like, definitely. I think the age where it's like you don't pay as much as you used to. So to give you guys a heads up about what is going to be changing with the show. We are going to be moving to a recording format, so we'll be streaming every Sunday night, usually at 8 o'clock Pacific time, uh, p.m. That kind of depends on certain stuff. You Today we were a little bit late just because of Lobo so graciously going out and finding assets. Stuff will be normally on twitch.tv slash mash those buttons on Sunday nights, mm-hmm. and there's a good chance that most of those times you might be able to even watch Lobosco and I lose our minds playing some Overwatch for a little bit before the show. That's right. I mean, maybe there's a chance for people to get in there too if they want to come play. So... We'll be do we'll be kind of holding down the fort Sunday nights, um, eight p.m. PST at Twitch.tv slash mash those buttons. Uh, we're not going to do a super in depth review of every single team because all of those are going to be found in the team preview episodes that we just did. A couple of them I think are still making their way to a podcast providers right before the week and right before the week starts, but. Those are going to have all of our team specific stuff. So we're kind of going to we're kind of going to do just a general overall look at all the different teams. I guess we'll go through our power rankings finally, uh, which again, there it's podcast host power rankings. We're not they're not like we are not sages of wisdom, but nobody I'm excited. Is. No one. We've, we've, no one is. We are back. We're back in the saddle almost. It feels like well, we're back to weekly. Like right, like this is the start of it. So I I. I really kind of missed the weekly format of our show. Mm-hmm. Like, like there, there was something nice about not having one every week, but then there was also something kind of missing every week. Cause it was like, you know, the Sundays was normally our day where we would record anyways. And then it was like, Oh man, I don't have anything to do anymore on Sundays. 
except for like once a month. And then like my other Sundays were pretty open, but I was watching like Arcadum's uh, stream, which was Shattered Crowns on Sunday. So I was like super involved in watching that while it was going on. But now that's gone, too. So I've had nothing for like three months. So it's nice to have this back weekly because the league is starting back up. It it feels like it's been forever. Mm hmm. This was an especially long off season, I think, was part of it, too. Like, this was much, it felt longer. It's at least longer by like a month or two because I know Overwatch League usually was starting in like early February, mid February. So we're back in, we are finally, we have, we're back in the promised land. Uh, and we have some news to talk about before we go into our, I guess, our power rankings and then our previews of next week's games. Uh, Lobo, I was ex- I thought you would be excited about this piece of news. The Chengdu Hunters announced, I think, the final player acquisition of the offseason, uh, that they had a new support player, Monk, who would be joining them. He's promoted from Team Chaser. Uh, he, he's a support player. I think he's a flex support player, if I'm correct. Yeah, uh, I think he's a sp- like specializes on Zenyatta, though. I think it, it, if my memory serves, that's sort of like where his specialty lies. I don't know how much time he's going to get playing because I think 19 far away 1987 is like your main flex support and is somebody we might see like competing for rookie of the years for or like a, you know, I, I wish they did like a all rookie team or something because like far away 1987 would be somebody who you would be considering to be on something like that. For sure. Yeah, Monk. Monk, I think, brings in a little bit of an interesting change. You get somebody who, if you need to do double flex support, you could do it, which yeah. gives... We're looking, I think, something that's cool with the new Chengdu roster is that they've really worked on being a little bit more flexible. They can do a lot more stuff, it seems like. You're not having to rely on the weird niche uh, among ball comps as much. I think they become more of a feat of a... They become more of like a feature rather than like a regular thing you have to run all the time. Except he's probably not the best ball player on his team is the problem, Ramsey. Oh, no. Oh, no. Gaga's going to come in and take that. But that, that's the I, thing. So it's like, what is like Among is now like you're Among. Like, I feel like Among is going to go the way of like Mickey on um, on Dallas. Like, I think that's sort of the path maybe forward for Among is like sort of that celebrity player. who's like, yeah, sure. Really good at the game and really good at the things he's, you know, he likes to do. But I don't know if he's mm-hmm. um, I don't know if we're going to see him playing as much as we did in, in years past, just because Gaga is just that good of a main tank. I mix. I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit. Chengdu looks really, really strong coming into this season. Uh, yeah. Some more news. League structure news. Actually, we finally have our entire uh, desk team and announcer roster, or I guess common or I guess um, what's the word broadcasting duo roster announced going into just the dust team first uh the 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 triumphant trio of uh reinforce uh Soe and custa are all back for season four and it's i think we forget like how much of like a nice calm strong team this is like sure the online i guess them starting an online was a little bit like rough just getting the kinks out but once they really hit the ground run well once they really started getting back into form uh this team is super good and uh Danny will be back for not only just doing, I, I assume not doing just translating duties, but he'll be back in, I think as a regular member of the desk with, with what they've like with how they're presenting it. My, my thought is, is he's a de- He's part of the desk. Yeah. I think that, so. That's, that's kind of how it seems to me. It, 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 interesting choice. I love Danny, but as like a an- desk analyst, that was never a role. I really saw him as being him. I always saw him as more of an interviewer because I always really liked his interviews. So mm-hmm. I'm really curious to see his transition from interviewer to an actual member on a desk. I, I'm really I'm excited for him for it because it's a great opportunity. I just am uh, not, not what I was expecting. Let's just put it that way. I think he'll do both. I think that he's probably well, still going to be yeah. the interview guy, but I, I'm excited to get more regular appearances from him from him i want to know what danny thinks about just teams and stuff going on in the overwatch league rather than just like all right here's danny to do the to do the interview segment and then he's gonna bounce yeah he uh he is somebody who i think as far as a personality is concerned is a very he brings a different energy to the group compared to everybody else on that desk like i think he he brings something that maybe that 
as far as like a personality from a personality standpoint, I think he brings something unique and, and refreshing to the desk because the obviously like Custer and reinforce are great personalities. And so is Zoe. They're just a different kind than from what Danny is. I think Danny is mm-hmm. more of a positive force of nature compared to, I think, reinforce and Custa specifically. So I, I think it'll be a nice counterbalance to have somebody like Danny on the desk. Oh, and when I mean, and when they get reinforce or Custa going and they're boomed, like it is, they, we have seen the piles of salt that have come on the Overwatch League stream. Uh, I don't expect salt well, from Danny. Is the point right? Like, no, Danny will be great. I think. <laughs> I, I, and then we did get all of our commentary duos announced as well. Uh, we have a couple of returning ones and some new pairs as well. So I think something that should be said above all, uh, hexagrams. Hex, you might know, I uh, did duos with. Did I already forget um, season one and two caster's name? Jeez. Um, was, did a duo with uh, Jaws last year as a caster. And then he's been with Samuel, them. by the, the way, for, for one and two. Just a sorry. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, no worries. I was like, I, kn- I know I've met some. I know his name, but it's just buried deep in my brain. It's okay. Um, so Hex is moving from a casting role to a production role. So he's going to be working more with how... With how the actual production of the show works, which I think will be really good. He's also somebody who's been around the league and been around esports production for a super long time. And especially with Overwatch, he's been with Overwatch production like from the beginning. So I think Mm -hmm. it's a really good person to have in there. But we have a a couple returning duos. Uh, We only have two that are 100% like whole returning. Uber and Mr. X, which again, I think are still your flagship duo, are back. your top build. And then that's your top build. And then Sideshow and Bren are back. Sideshow and Bren, I think, had this weird boomerang where, like, at the beginning, I was like, this is going to be awesome. And then once they went to overnight games, they kind of, you could see them kind of start going crazy and kind of start trying to figure out what they were going to do. And they hit this curve back up where they were just nailing it. And they had, like, they were able to bring, like, a lot of hype and they were still really fun to listen to. So uh, I think I'm stoked to see them back. I was a little bit uh, concerned with all the, They've been doing they've been doing so much Valorant coverage lately and a lot of like official Valorant coverage. I always get concerned about losing those guys. I mean, about those guys not coming back to Overwatch League and just sticking with Riot. That's the life as a uh, freelance broadcaster, though, like you Mm -hmm. you take it where you can get it. And before you know it, it could be all gone. So you take your opportunities then when they're presented in front of you. And Valorant is a scene that is kind of booming right now. So. I don't blame them for stretching their legs, so to speak, and and entering into another air avenue, another area where one, they can make more money, but two, where they can uh, maybe give themselves a little bit more security. God forbid the worst ever happens or, or, you know, Overwatch League decides to go in a different direction from them or something like that. Obviously, that's not what happened. It's really good to see that they are continuing with Bren and Sideshow. I, I miss them on the desk, to be honest, but For I sure I do. I do enjoy them as a a casting duo. I do think that they they have done a really good job. They they definitely made a lot of strides last year to get back into the swing of it and then just be a duo that's fun and enjoyable to watch. So it's definitely been a very nice uh, thing to see them come back and uh, a little bit of um interesting how how everything kind of ended up folding out and how quick like how close to like the start of the season we finally find all this out too i wish they'd tell us sooner i mean it's not overwatch league unless they tell us literally like what we didn't know they were moving to youtube until like what a, half a week before the first games yeah, of season one that's of true. season three yeah by the way uh hell, shout outs and hellos to timmy timmy 94 <laughs> in the twitch chat um i can confirm yes chris is still alive yeah somehow somehow <laughs> I, I don't know how to Timmy. I'm glad that you're here though. Uh, looking, we have a couple more duos and these kind of, we have a mix of people who are coming back and new faces as well. Uh, Jaws. Now that hex is going to be in production. Jaws has a new partner. He's going to be working with Vicky Kitty, who you might know. She's been a pretty regular person on the contenders cast lately. I know she also has a background in super smash brothers before this, as well as some other games. Uh, this is our first uh, female caster. Who's like, in Overwatch League as a regular commentator, which is really cool. Yeah. Really excited. It does look like what the strategies are doing, because I know people immediately, first of all, 
this is this is awesome. I'm really excited about it. I think of it's course. been a long time coming for uh, for the league to have uh, a female commentator, or I just the more female content we can have, more female, excuse me, talent that we can have on in the league or just in any sort of facet, I think is better for the health of the game and better for just the health of the scene and better representative of who actually is here. But one of the things that I know people are always going to bring up is that it's, there's always this idea of like, well, when are leg day and lemon and lemon Kiwi going to come up? Like when are they going to finally get the shot? And I think it's that those guys are so invaluable to contenders right now. Like those guys, I think are the main rock that they'll be up here eventually, but I think it makes I think with people like them, you almost have to bring both of them up at the same time. I think it's a disservice to them to be like, oh, you know, they're holding down contenders like like the scene is desperately in need of somebody to hold down contenders. There's so many good broadcasters in the contender scene. I'm not a fan of that sort of thought. Now, Mm -hmm. if if you didn't want to bring them up just yet and you wanted somebody to be paired up with Jaws. And you wanted to move Jaws into a color role. Okay, I get it. I get why you're going to pick somebody from the other pairs, bring somebody up. And of course, you're going to break up a pair, but but now you've brought somebody in to work with Jaws. So this is the so direction Vicky they Katie's wanted a, to go. And Vicky Kitty is a play-by-play as well? Yes. Yeah, so Vicky Kitty, well, and, and even if you listen to, to their announcement, Vicky Kitty says, I'll do play-by-play, you'll do color to Jaws. And Jaws is like, yeah, sure, that works. So you have okay. roles being switched as well. Well, that's Vicky not, Kitty was not already the, was um, already play by play. Well, there that's also not even the only group that we're going to see where we have formerly two play by play casters kind of switching up what they do. Uh, the uh, we have another new pair. Well, another mixed pair. ZP of course does not have his partner in jake so jake now that he's back off playing full-time or no coaching with a dash of playing really uh zp is going to be joined by doa who's for making yeah. his return back to the overwatch league not a piece of news i expected i think ever but i'm super <laughs> stoked i love doa i get another double play by play team so i wonder if you're going to move doa to, if you're going to move doa to color i think zp is so like analytical i'm not not analytical i don't want to say like I think ZP, I just, I, I have such a hard time shaking him from the play-by-play role in my brain. Yeah. I really wonder what he would be like as a color caster, but this one's great. I'm excited to see this one as well. I, I think that's sort of the the vibe that I got that Doe was going to be coming in to be like a color commentator while ZP was going to stay doing play-by-play from like the video where like ZP's talking about all the pairs that he's worked with. Mm-hmm. So my guess is that's how it stays. I, I don't know, right? I, I don't know if that's how it ends up going. I I'm curious to see how that pair is going to work out because I've I don't know if I've ever seen them work together in any sort of capacity um, on camera. You know, mm. I've seen them together and stuff like that, like they're friends and everything. I, so I think they'll be fine as far as personalities. I just don't know how it's going to work when it's on camera. I'm really curious to see that. And I'm really curious to see, you know, Doe is a guy. Doe is a guy to me who's known for one of the greatest calls in esports, right? Like, mm. Anybody who knows anything about League of Legends, um, what and, and some of his Overwatch calls too. I have the Kaiser, right? But the the look at the move, you know, look at the cleanse, look at the moves. Oh my god, you know what was that faker? What was that like? Like that call in particular is like one of the best calls of all. Like that's up there with any in any sport. That's one of those mm-hmm. calls that's up there, not just esports. So. I, I'm really curious to see if he is going to be doing color, how he adjusts to that in Overwatch. And that's not to mention our last pair either, because we still got one more pair we haven't talked about. And that's Achilles not being with Wolf on broadcast is going to be something that I I'm going to take some time to get used to. For sure. And you and I have talked about this. Achilles is going to be uh, working with Avril, who, again, is somebody who's worked with Contenders Korea uh, before that Contenders Pacific Oceanic. And Avril's a guy who's been really great in the scene for a long time. And this uh, this is somebody who for sure deserves the opportunity. And I'm excited 100%. to hear him on here. He's, they're going to be doing, from what they were saying, it sounds like they're doing the APAC games, or at least a large share of them. Uh, there is a lot of... I, I controversy is a word that gets overused, but I know there's a lot of people who are very upset myself included with how stuff went down with Wolf Wolf pretty much put out a twit longer that said, look, I wasn't given, 
I should like I was never given a contract offer. Uh, I told them, hey, because Wolf, if you don't know, is doing some work with League of Legends over for the LCK mm-hmm. uh, and saying, hey, like I'm going to be gone for a couple like here's my avail. I want to be back. Here's my availability around these dates. I'm not going to be here for certain portions of that. And they said, cool. All right, that's fine. And then they never he never received any sort of well, contract offer back. The, the thing is, too, is like the dates were around this, the league, like the dates did not conflict. That was one of the, the points that was made was that there's really, you know, no, not anything that's going to conflict schedule wise. So he should be able to do both if they want him to, which I guess they just didn't want him to. I don't know if it's because of how heavily he's involved with LCK, if they just, you know, they want somebody maybe a little bit more independent of a brand of a certain kind uh, or game, mm-hmm. N- not not Wolf's brand, but the the game that he's associated with. Not that they don't want him associated with it, but just being associated with another game in general. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. But like, you know, everybody else has done other games during the off season and stuff. Now, in season, most people are just doing Overwatch League. Like that's that's been the case. But still, I I I I think Avril's going to do incredible. Like I I'm not worried about this pair, but that doesn't mean I'm happy about how we got to this decision, right? And that is not indicative oh, sure. of anything that has to do with with Avril as a broadcaster as a person or anything like that because I believe he deserves to be there anyways. But at the same time, it's like, man, why is it that we had to have some of these concessions made, whatever you want to call them, um and concessions isn't even the right word because again, Avril deserves to be there. But we we've got this mix of stuff that has happened to make this all go down, and it's just it's it's a head scratcher. It's confusing. It's like why why is it that this is how and everything went, and why did it take so long? Like like it's things that are going to be on people's minds when the games start. Like if you well, make how- this announcement a month ago, you don't have it. Well, and this happened the same thing with like season three. Remember where we were like all on the edge of our seats? Like, is Uber going to come back? I mean, this year we were like that too. Is Uber going to come back? Who's going to be casting? We don't like, it seems to be one of those details that they like, that they lock down at like the very last minute, which is really (laughs) stress inducing as a fan. We were like, man, I really enjoy these commentators with this esport. I really want to hear them back with, I really want to see them back. So at the end of the day, I'm I'm really stoked with the groups that we have. And I know you are too, but it is still frustrating that it feels like it has to be this much of like a clunky, non-communicative, like needlessly complicated pro well, not complicated is not the right word. We don't know what's going on, but like and it feels like a it feels like it should be so much easier to do to announce this or at least to keep people in the loop about this. And what sucks is it kind of overshadows some of the great like videos that we got from the broadcasters of them announcing that they were back with Overwatch League. You know, mm-hmm. like it was like, like I liked ZP's video of, of like the Pokemon thing where it's like, I've, you know, I've worked with this person. I've time to go catch another one. Right. Like that was kind of funny. Like I liked the videos that we got for them to sort of make their announcements that they were back in the league, but it gets overshadowed by it's like, oh no, this is a pair that I'm not used to. What's going on? Why is this happening? And all these questions are being raised. And the, the one of the toughest things is like, and we saw this already happen with Contenders Korea, right? Like, think about when Avril announced that he wasn't going to be doing Contenders Korea and the backlash and everything that happened. Like, mm-hmm. you would think that Overwatch League would learn the lesson that they just had with Contenders, where you literally had one of your own broadcasters calling people out who were in charge of things happening, right? Yeah. What two weeks later? How many weeks later are we from that incident? And and not that it's the same capacity or, or, or the same anything, but the fact that we have the same sort of mistakes being made after that happened, it's just kind of it, it's a little disheartening, a little bit. For sure, and it's one of those things where I think we always hope the league will improve about it, but we know deep down they won't. <laughs> we just want um, them to. Just please do. Uh. Three more announcements before we actually get into our previews because we got to get rolling. Uh, Unfortunately, the Boston Uprising announced that they would be letting soon go from the team uh, due to visa. I don't I think they said due to visa issues like straight up. But if not, it was pretty clear. It sounds like when you look at Soon's tweet longer that he he was somehow required to play from North America. It sounds like. But there it was a there was visa issues without like it looked extremely doubtful that he was going to be able to join the team in North America. 
Um, it sounds like from all things we've seen that like Boston really tried to figure something out. And like these things are comparable, I would say between or not comparable is different, but like these things are different from like the LA Valiant thing. We're deciding, Oh, we're just going to drop everybody. Like this does seem like an org who really tried to do the right thing and really tried to keep this guy for as much as they could. Um, but it sucks. And it's a huge bummer that this, I assume one of like the most important, I would say players in overwatch history. This is a guy who we want to see continue to play someone who has proved time and time again, he should still be here. He should still be part of the conversation. So it's a bummer. I really hope this isn't the end of his career. I know he's talked about possibly picking up Valorant or maybe making other sorts of pursuits into streaming, but I really want to see soon in an Overwatch League jersey. It, he is like one of the old guard who has actually been able to stick around. So from just that perspective alone, you don't want to see him go because he's he he is so much a part of the history that makes overwatch overwatch Mm -hmm. you know a guy who has always been considered a good player you know always considered a great tracer considered a very good hit scan player all these things and has been able to consistently do it throughout different eras of how overwatch is as a game he's still been able to make it himself make it onto teams and be part of teams they're at least competing and doing everything else that that matters boston was always a surprise for a lot of people that why would he go to boston boston's not like boston has been able to pull these people in and get players who are pretty good to stay there like Mm -hmm. like they're doing something they're they're, well they're working like they it seems they've undergone like a pretty strong organizational change over the past year or so like with this new with new leadership in there Well, and they still, I mean, their leadership hasn't changed that much. Like at the top, Mm -hmm. it's still the same person. It's still Huck. But I I think the bigger thing is, is like Boston has always been about building something anyways. So sure, maybe they've taken some missteps. Like, I don't think that anybody can question that. But also some of the things were overblown. Um, Remember, wasn't it mistakes? Like, like there was this, like somebody said that he, he, they didn't like pay for his flight oh yeah to go home i remember like, those that rumors never happened on, yeah. yeah like there there's been a lot of rumors about boston that make boston seem worse than it was and worse than it is and i mean that kind of sucks for boston but at the same time like boston does some things where you, you scratch your head and I, i'm a little surprised i don't know if they have to have soon or like if you they're not allowed to have somebody compete from overseas maybe that's the case it it sucks. It it really sucks. I think that's the biggest part about this. It just sucks for Boston. It sucks for everybody else. But there's been a lot of visa problems as we've been finding out. So the fact that there's more, it's kind of like, well, you know, I guess it's kind of par for the course right now. And that's sort of the world we're living in right now. We did see another team approaches it. And I take a little bit of a different route to approach this. Uh, Philadelphia Fusion has been encountering some visa problems, specifically with... Uh, EQO, I think, is a name that we've heard about a little bit. That's why people, I think that's, I think, wow. <laughs> uh, that's, what I think, what put a lot of steam behind the Rascal pickup from what we've been hearing is that they needed somebody to kind of fill that spot. Poco, I think, is has been rumored to have visa problems or people, I guess, indicating that he has. So has Funny Astro. We know that it's really hard to get out of England right now uh, with the pandemic. So Philly has brought on a couple more players, uh, some fan favorites, some really strong guys. Hotbutt makes his return to the Philadelphia Fusion as an off-tank player. And Toby, the boob god, is back as a main support. Uh, I know you were really excited about that second one, Chris. It's it's really great to see these guys back on a team where they're going to be able to compete. And it's this roster still looks crazy good. Like this roster still looks really, really strong. It's funny. I didn't even consider the fact that the reason Toby was on the team was maybe because funny Astro can't get to Korea, which feels really bad in hindsight. I was just happy that Toby was getting onto a team and I hope that they keep Toby and Hobb uh, on for the season and that this isn't just like you're going to be on our team until we get the players we want here. That that's my hope. They've said that too, that we are going to like, we are committed to our players and our coaches. They are still on this team. We are going to do everything we can to make sure they can get here. In the meantime, we're also going to add these people to give ourselves a, a competing roster. Which I think you do. I, I think Hotba, he's a very aggressive off tank. He's a definitely a certain style of off tank that you have to get used to as a team. I don't know if his style is that similar to Poco's. 
we'll have to see. But I think I, just having Hotba on the team, at least it's somebody you're more familiar with as far as as an organization. So it's good from that standpoint. But Toby, to me, is like such a great signing. I thought that he was a really good player last year. I was a little disappointed. It took so long for him to get onto a team. But again, better late than never, right? And, and mm-hmm. it sucks that this is what makes it happen. But hey, he's there. He's going to be able to compete. Um, and if anything, if he plays really well, and then you get Funny Astro back, and you're like, okay, Funny Astro is the future, but we still got this really good player in Toby, trade bait. It's trade bait. So it like, works out for Fusion in other ways, too. If they like, like, I hope they keep Toby and they don't like release him when Funny Astro comes. It doesn't sound like that's what they're going to do. But, you know, teams mm-hmm. say one thing and do another. We have many examples of that in just this league alone. So it remains to be seen. But I think that as far as like a good stopgap till you get those two guys back, I think this is I don't know if you can do a better job of doing that. For sure. We have one more piece of news before we get into power rankings. Uh, the Overwatch League pickums are finally live. So you can pick out, you can go through, make your predictions for for stage, not even stage, is it stage one? Yeah. For stage one up until the May Melee. Uh, we also have our own private pick on leaderboard that you can be on. Uh, we'll figure out what our first prize is in a little bit, but we'll have the link for it in there. Uh, if you just search push the point podcast, it'll be on there. The pot, the password is push the point all one word, but gives you a chance to pick every single, like literally every single game down to the score. If you're familiar, like with March madness brackets, it's a little bit like that. Uh, it's really, I was a little bit intimidated looking at it, but this could be really fun. Plus, it's powered by IBM, so we know that it has quality computing behind it. So, <laughs> I, it, it's uh, we're going to have some good numbers. I wonder how much uh, statistical information we're going to get out of it too. That would be pretty cool if we get a lot. Yeah, we'll have to see, but we'll be plugging in every single week so you guys can jump in on the leaderboard with us. We'll figure out what a good prize is. Um, I am sitting on something that we might actually use for it, depending on how big the lead is. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see, but. Labosco, I think it's time that we finally get into our power rankings and our just general talk for this coming season. Stuff has shifted a little bit as we've done these season pre- these team previews. I know like everything seems so cut and dry in your in like in my brain where I'm like, oh, for sure this is how it's gonna shake out. And then going through every single roster, I'm like, oh, well, maybe, oh, and like stuff just keeps kind of bundling back and forth. Uh I figure we'll go through the North American division. And then we'll go through the APAC division and kind of just compare notes and see what we think. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it hasn't been easy. Like just looking at like what I wrote down before and then thinking about it now, I'm like, man, I don't know if I, I don't know if I agree with what I've picked, you know? <laughs> For sure. So I think my stuff, mine hasn't changed too much. Actually, I had to make one more change. Um, There we go. So. I'm still, I think it's really hard to predict against San Francisco Shock being the number one team in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's a pretty clear break between them. Gladiators, until they mess it up, are still, I think, the best competing team for me. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But I, I think I, I go Shock, Glads. Let me break into upper mid card with uh, Mayhem. I put Dallas Fuel down there just because I'm not 100% confident yet. We, it, I still have just like the gut feeling something's going to screw up. Uh, Justice, Defiant, Atlanta Rain, Tear Break, Boston, and then Houston. Second Tear Break, uh, Spitfire, Eternal, Titans. I feel like it's pretty standard. Really, the only thing that kind of changes for most people's predictions I've seen is like this mid card from like Mayhem down here, up here, down to like Outlaws. It's um, I, I don't know if I agree with this completely, but this is pretty close to how I have things. Um, I have things a little bit differently. Uh, I think I have some teams maybe a little bit. I don't know. I, I don't. The, the tier breaking is pretty interesting to me, but I, I do believe that this is uh, what we see in a lot of people have similar takes. Maybe some teams are in different spots from others. But this is not a bad list by any stretch. I've seen worse. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've seen plenty of really crappy lists over on Twitter this week. So, 
going through, I think we just kind of should figure out where everybody shakes out. Because, I mean, I think it's pretty like, under, I, I think you and I will both agree, like Shock and then maybe Gladiators is that elite tier of teams. Like, I don't know if anybody is just going to start the season in that range necessarily. I, I, I don't have, I have San Francisco by themselves. Um, I think that the, the, that San Francisco to me still stands above everybody till proven otherwise. And that's why I still have them in their own tier. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I do agree that like LA is definitely one of those teams near the top. Now my, my order near the top there after San Francisco is a bit different than yours. All right. What do you got? So for me, I have it go San Francisco. Then I have it go. Dallas, then LA, then Florida, then Atlanta, then Washington, then Boston. And I don't know if I'm going to change this because soon's not on the team anymore. Uh, this was pretty soon being gone. So I might drop Boston a little bit lower. I had London next, then Toronto, then Houston, then Vancouver, then Paris was last for me. Mm. So uh, as far as like tiers, San Francisco is in a tier of their own, and then it would be Dallas, L.A., Florida, and Atlanta, and Washington, kind of in like a a next tier, mm-hmm. um, because I th- feel like that though any of those teams can be second, and any of those teams can be like sixth or w- wherever that ends up going off, and then like Boston, London, Toronto, we're kind of maybe at a next tier. Um, and then Houston, Vancouver, and Paris were kind of at the bottom. I, I kind of had, it, it's tough to tell at the bottom because like Boston, London, Toronto, Houston, Vancouver, Paris, all those teams, I can see like all of them finishing in different spots. Like mm-hmm. I can see Boston near the bottom. I can see Paris maybe a little bit more towards the middle of that group. It, it's really hard to place and, um, really know how things are going to go. But that to me is sort of how the breakdown is for those specifically. So it, it, it definitely makes it, it's definitely difficult, right? Like, like I feel like it's a lot easier to, to see the top than it is to, uh, determine the bottom of the, uh, of North America or, or the West. I should say, I should be specific, right? Sorry for the lag on that. No, you're good. Yeah, with just the Western Division. Sorry for the lag on that. It's a little weird because, like, I I think that top three or four is pretty, like, it's usually some combination of San Francisco and then L.A., Florida, Dallas, kind of like the three t- teams that, like, switch around in there. The ones that I think we've seen move around the most are, I think I've seen Houston move around a lot in people's rankings, and I've seen Atlanta move around a lot. Uh I think with Atlanta, it's just how much you believe in that DPS line. Like, I love Kai. I literally picked him in a fantasy draft as my first pick today. But, like, is Atlanta going to finally make it into the upper tier this year? Or are they still going to be the gatekeeper team? Well, and that's the thing. They're, like, right there at the edge, if anything. Right? At the very Mm -hmm. least. I don't think. Like, because do you think they're below Boston, London, and Toronto? Like, I don't don't really see that. Um, I think think Toronto can be above them. But. I don't know if I see that. I think because when you compare it, uh, that goes into like whether or not Sa- like KDG puts stuff together. Cause like if Sado is still strong, it's the kind of thing where like Atlanta's DPS line is just so good. And then everything else is like pretty mid table about that team where like, I think maybe you think their tanks are mid table. Were Gator and Hawk, anything other than mid table last year. They were pretty darn good last year. The biggest questions last year were their DPS because everything was always in flux. Mm-hmm. I thought that they the the most solid part of their team last year was their tanks, and then everything around it there was a lot of questions because Masa we saw drop off for a while, like we saw Dogman drop off, like like tell me where they were consistent other than tank last year, like who was consistent for them? Edison was consistent, but that's it. Try to but be just Edison, right? Yeah. Was there anybody who was next to Edison, right? Oh no, they switch all the time, and I'm still that, sad that we exactly. barely got to see Sharp. That we barely got to see Sharp play. Maybe they actually played pretty well for like right. a couple of mo- for the months he was there, but then he was but gone. He left. So, but that's my yeah. point, right? Like, like the only consistent thing they had was Gator and Hawk, and 
it took a little bit of time for Gator to, to win that over finally. But once he did, like they never changed. That was the one area where we had consistency. Two more questions. Do you think Boston actually turns into a solid team this year? I have them. Like, do we think I had them pretty high <laughs> after not having soon and, and not knowing who they're going to replace him with yet? I think I got I, I think I would drop them a little bit lower. I think I'd have them like maybe below Houston now or a, just above Houston with how I had my rankings go. It, it's hard to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I, I had a lot of faith, especially and I guess, you know, maybe soon doesn't make that much of a difference. Maybe they stay right where, where I have them. But I like I like a lot of the players that they've been able to bring in. And I liked that they were letting player they were giving players the opportunity to play in the roles that they're best for, right? Like you weren't having Color Hex play things that you were confused that Color Hex was playing because yeah. you had enough DPS to sort of have him focus on what he needs to focus on. So now I, he's probably your main tracer again, which I, not that he'll be a bad tracer, but like that's not what I want to see Color Hex on, right? I want to see him on hit hit scan. You know, I want to see him on the things that that he does really good on. Also, do you think Houston actually makes like does Houston survive this year without imploding? I, I don't see why they I mean, they've never like fully imploded. They just haven't had good seasons, right? Like you haven't had like crazy stories about like, oh, my God, I can't believe this happened with Boston. You know, they not, just don't okay, play maybe well. not. I, I just more see like I still and this is probably the best Houston roster we have seen so far, I would argue. I still like have a lot of concerns like if and, and not to dog at these players at all like Juby needs to hit John Glue and Piggy both need to be good as well like if we if he if John Glue and Piggy aren't like a super crazy good tank line like we might be stuck in a similar situation as we were last year granted we don't have to like I'm hoping we don't get stuck in the same area like last year we had goats being not goats um with um hero pool stuff like you just had times that we just were not on the same playing field with other teams but i i hope houston puts it together this year but i just have a hard time feeling confident in it that that's i think the the, i I think it's best to feel that way about houston because they've never proven otherwise for us right like you can be really high on both on the new tank line but still think that things aren't going to go well Mm mm-hmm I I'm somebody who's not as high as others on Houston. Like I do like some of their pickups. I just don't know if they're going to be able to put it all together or not and whether or not they've got enough. I, 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 I think support line is still my biggest question for them. I think John Goo and Peggy are going to be fine. I just don't know how they're going to be compared to a lot of the other tank lines that we're going to see in the league. So yeah. that that's the bigger question for me. And like, it's funny to me because I've seen so many people like, riding this houston bandwagon and i feel like we have this happen at the beginning of every year where you've got these people that are like oh man houston's gonna dominate this team at the beginning of the year and then they get like three out you know i will say i have them pegged to beat the dallas fuel for this first game what okay why do people what what tells you that they have a chance against the dallas fuel you know what I mean? I think like, I, I don't see wh- why why there's these bold predictions that Dallas is going to be a team that out the gate is going to be getting beat by Houston. And this is a team a lot of people have in the top four of the league. I think Houston comes out really strong and then they never they never get to that same level. So so be, because they're going to come out of the gate strong, they're still going to have enough to beat a team that people think has a chance to compete for a championship. I think Dallas is still going to be putting the pieces together. We're like, I think. Uh, see and it's one of those things in my brain i'm like this sounded super good and then i spit it out i'm like maybe not anymore um but i just again that's like one of those things it's like who who has more time together houston or dallas again dallas but let's remember like those guys weren't all in the same all on element mystic at the same time together but but how many of them were together on a team all year last year I mean, the majority of them. Uh, so, And what was that team? One of the best teams in the league. Like, I, I, this, is, this is where, this is what drives me crazy. It's like, we, we have this team that only got better than it was when it was considered the Paris Eternal. So they're going to lose to Houston, who people don't think are going to be in the top half of the league. What? Th- there's rumors that Doomfist is playable, and people think 
that 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 there's anybody on Houston who can p- compete with Sparkle <laughs> to play Doomfist. What uh, I just the 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 power, the mental gymnastics you have to do to believe that. And listen, I get that there are some super diehard Houston fans. I'm not saying that one of them may or may not be on this podcast right now, but it's like Piggy and John, you are on. great and. Piggy, Piggy and Jongu are, are really good just, in Rush, dude. They're going to beat everybody on like it doesn't matter. <laughs> Dallas, you've got Fielder, you've got you've got Fearless, you've got Hanbin, who's one of the best off tanks in the world. Nah, Piggy and Jongu are going to just dominate them, though, dude. Like, come on, <laughs> dude. It's like, oh, I just don't understand. Like, maybe Houston's in the game. I can see that. I just don't see them winning. And if they do win, great, good for Houston. I still have higher expectations and higher hopes for for Dallas, even if that happens. Moving on to APAC after this, um, <laughs> I'll take the I'll take the beating I just received. Um, going on to APAC, this uh, APAC even more I think crazy, except more for difficult. I think are more difficult, except for I, I would say the top team and the bottom team. Uh, yeah, I think pretty much everybody has Shanghai at number one. LA Valiant at number eight. And then I think the middle's a little bit more interesting. And I'll put my view back up. But all right, give me a second to switch it back over for those watching live. There we go. So Shanghai, I, I think I have Shanghai Philly as number two. Philadelphia might slip down here to like underneath Chengdu, depending on how stuff happens with Toby and Hoppa. I think. Those guys are great players. I think just the consist, like the um, the teamwork, like synchronicity, is just something you can't underestimate. Man, my man's is high and Chengdu here is what I'm seeing. Uh, I'm I do a podcast with you, Labosco. Of course, I'm going to be high on Chengdu. Okay, but even uh, continue, continue. So this, like, this middle tier is super, super transient. I can see this being any sort of shaker of teams. Chengdu, I'm a little bit more high on only because I really like. They have a guy named Jimmy. I have really liked the name Jimmy, but um, I their DPS core is just slightly more not slightly. Their DPS more core is more proven to me than New York's. And not that New York has like a bad DPS core at all. They just they are less of a known quantity for right. me specifically. Well, they, so they, even I, I feel like it's a team of basically rookies and and Jonak. So it's yeah. it's kind of fair to almost feel that when what Bianca too, right? Rookies, Bianca, um well, other names. Somebody people who aren't rookies, Bianca and Jonak, right? Those are the only two. Who's the main t- Yakpung is the other one. Oh yeah. So right. Yakpung and Ivy. So half rookies, like and then like a couple one year players. So That's right. And like New York's strong. I'm I really like Chengdu in this. I think New York is going to be good. I would love to rate Seoul higher. I really would. But um, Seoul has proven that they are not consistent. And I just don't, I am not comfortable putting my hopes and dreams onto this team. And then Guangzhou, Hangzhou, we've heard middling stuff, I guess, from rumors. They could, again, all five of these teams, I guess, is going to any other range. It- I have I have both of the Guangzhou and Hangzhou higher than you do. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, this was so much harder to make a decision on than anything else because I, I think the only one that I was and even Shanghai at number one, I'm not certain on. You know, like I have a lot of belief in Shanghai, and I think that they can be the dominant team they were last year. I wonder how much fearless not being on the team makes a difference. Like, I wonder how much of an up, up like how much have they improved at main tank? Have they improved mm-hmm. at main tank? You know what? That that's what the biggest f- question mark for me. Fate's a different tempo of player too. Fate is like much higher floor, but not as high of a ceiling. I would say. So like, do they like what is their tempo where they play? Like, is fate, we know fate works really well with Moon, but like how? How does this team shake up? Who plays besides Fleta? Like, where's Erster? Where are Erster and DM going to pop in here along with Lip? Like, it's almost a thing with, like with the shock where you just have so many different looks that we could see that it's hard to feel 100% confident about what we're going to see. I still think you're most confident about them because the only question yes. you have is main tank, though, right? You don't have any other question marks that you're really concerned about. Like, you're not concerned about DPS. In fact, they've probably gotten better at DPS. 
yeah. um, more solidified in what roles players are going to have. So there that you know they win, right? They also have role stars there. Um, you're not concerned about their supports, role stars again at both positions. So Shanghai to me, number one. And then to me, the next tier is every team except for Los Angeles. Because I can see Hangzhou being at the top, and I can also see them being second to last. I can see New York as being the, the top or at the bottom. I can see mm-hmm. the same thing for Philly, Seoul, everybody, right? This is why it gets so hard to sort of place this. And, and when I did this, I went, okay, I think the Spark have the ability, and this is their year. I think this is the year where they can finally put it all together. They've always had the talent. They they really are it's seeming like making a commitment to having an impact player finally at flex support. So I'm, I'm really curious to see how the team transitions in that way. Uh, mm. Philadelphia, I had at third. I, I think I'm going to drop them a little bit lower just because of uncertainties. And I don't know how much just because you're bringing in two new players to sort of play in roles that you kind of thought you already had filled. Um, but then it's like, okay, do I put Seoul next or, or, or Guangzhou? And I don't know. Mm-hmm. I know the problem is, is I don't really, I don't want to listen to how things are going in scrims. Like that's one thing I try not to pay attention to because we, we've heard too much about scrims any time that we've done this. So when pre-mate, pre the general manager of the justice made a really good tweet earlier today, I was talking about how people assign value to scrims in different ways when like they mean completely different things. So like, so like a team might be like winning scrims so to say like a bunch and bunch but what is the other team doing like what is the other team's goal are they trying to just test something that they're never going to run but they're just trying to see how far they can push a specific thing in a certain circumstance like are they what like the goals for different teams are different so like yeah it is incredibly foolhardy to put a bunch of money in. well this team's winning scrims all the time which of course makes me feel bad because I I've heard a couple of times like yeah dude Houston's freaking slapping in scrims right now Houston's rolling in scrims all the time so I'm like oh no like it gets worse there there's always like good examples in other sports that we can use for this like where we have like pre seasons that are that are broadcasted football for example um, just because it's one that I know vividly 1985 Chicago Bears preseason lost every game mm-hmm. they lose one game in the regular season when the Super Bowl. One one loss all year. Scrim Bucks would have told you otherwise, right? So yeah. it, it it's it's one of those things where it's like, yes, you you can put some weight into certain things, but you can't put everything into that, right? And and besides, these are predictions, anyways. Who, who the hell knows? You know, N- oh, New course. York, New York, somebody could step up and be the next best DPS player, right? Somebody we weren't expecting, or something like that, or they pick up somebody in the middle of the year that we're like, oh my god, who is this guy? You know, those, those are things that always happen. So, well, and I was, I was always, I was also going to add on to that. Like when you look at Hangzhou and Guangzhou as well, like there's a ton of, and Chengdu, there's a ton of really great rookie talent on here who is just itching to make a huge impact. I think Hangzhou has a ton of really exciting new players that are going to come in. So it's really, like you're saying, it's so hard to pick. Like it's not. It's not something you can feel remotely certain about. I'm somebody who's high on Chengdu, and I have them in third to last. I love Chengdu. I love a lot of the players that they've picked up, but I still don't know what they're going to be. I don't know. We don't know how they're going to play the game. We don't know if we're going to get more of the old Chengdu where they're trying to play a composition that nobody else is doing. And it's Mm. and and does it play to the strengths of their players? At times, it might not. So I, I'm hoping that we see something different from Chengdu. And of course, I could see Chengdu in like second place or first place for, for all we know. Like that's to me, APAC is the hardest region to have a good indicator of how teams are going to be. I think the the team we were like, like I know a lot, a lot of people are are very certain that Shanghai is going to be number one. I think that's the only thing we're most certain on is Los Angeles Valiant probably being last. And they're probably going to be last, but there's still opportunity for for wins. A couple of these players for wins, yeah. There's an and opportunity for to play for, well. Yeah. yeah, Crystal gets to eat one more time. Um, so I think we haven't done this in a couple of months. We it's time to actually preview the games for this coming weekend. 
Um, going through, we're going to have, we have games start on Friday at noon, uh, Saturday at 2 a.m. for APAC, and then noon again for West, and then Sunday at 2 a.m. again for APAC, and then noon again for West. So, yeah, you're looking at 2 a.m. Pacific time and noon Pacific time for most days of games. Uh, Friday games, they're going to start off with the only time I think we're going to get to see this all year. The Houston Outlaws versus the Dallas Fuel. The Battle for Texas. We just talked about it. I still, the the gut feeling because I want, let me, I'm deciding, Chris, I'm going to get shattered early at the beginning of the year. So you're going to take them winning. Okay. I'm going to take Houston winning uh, at the beginning of the year. Hydration pulls off an incredible performance and nobody expected to see coming. And then... Pharaoh's um, being Houston played for some reason. Everything. <laughs> oh, that is that's just the Houston tagline, man. Pharaoh is being played for some reason. Um, okay, I have Houston versus Dallas. I'm going to assume you're going to take Dallas. I'm taking Dallas. Yes. Uh, on the other Friday game is another banger: L.A. Gladiators versus San Francisco Shock. I still like. I think you got to take San Francisco. So I'm taking. I. I, I like until proven otherwise, till proven, proven otherwise, proven otherwise. Right? I, I think it might be a good game. I still think San Francisco might come out with a little chip on their shoulder because everybody's talking about the Los Angeles gladiators and San Francisco's going to have to remind some people got to roll up the sleeves. I think they're going to put a, a little molly wop on them a little bit. I think that they maybe get a map still for the gladiators, but I think glad that San Francisco is going to come out and remind some people of some things. Oh, and you know that there's going to be a ton. Of, I have to just imagine they're going to bully moth the entire time. I mean, come on. Of course they are. Uh, of course. APAC kicks off at 2 a.m. with Guangzhou Charge versus the Shanghai Dragons. And then LA Valiant versus the Chengdu Hunters. Honestly, out of all these, I'm most excited to see what Chengdu turns up to be. Um, do we finally get to see Jimmy? <laughs> also, side note, <laughs> biggest tragedy of season three of the Overwatch League is that we did not get to see Jerry versus Gary happen. <laughs> yeah. I um, forgot about that. Saturday. Oh, and then Philadelphia Fusion versus the Soul Dynasty. So this is also that turns out to be really cool because now we get to see Toby playing against his old team. So I I'll be sure to watch that one back. Um, yeah. We didn't talk about this as well. They are going to be doing an actual morning stream of those games before Overwatch League starts with like out without spoilers. Um, with this with like this what's it called the scores like muted so that you can yeah. watch them as if they're actually happening, which is gonna be really cool. That's really cool. Um. What's it? West comes back with Toronto Defiant versus the Vancouver Titans, Atlanta Rain versus Florida Mayhem, and then Dallas Fuel versus the LA Gladiators. Back to APAC with the Guangzhou Charge, Seoul Dynasty, Chengdu Hunters, Shanghai Dragons, Philadelphia Fusion versus the LA Valiant. And then we wrap up on Sunday at noon with the Houston Outlaws versus the San Francisco Shock, the Florida Mayhem versus the Vancouver Titans, and the Toronto Defiant versus the Atlanta Rain. So, so, so you re- going real strong? Is is Houston beating San Francisco? No, not at all. Not at all. I expect I them to run to all four DPS players just falters. to meme on us. Oh my god! Like literally, do you remember last year where they were like, San Francisco? It's too far. Don't play Genji into Houston. Aren't they suffering enough? It was like, nah, we deserve this. Like, <laughs> wreck us. Like we deserve to get clapped. So, yep, and they did, and they did. Super was playing Genji, which is so. What are you thinking? What games are you excited for? I would say if you can give me like two or three that you're really excited to watch. I'm excited for Houston versus Dallas because I'm hoping Dallas does what I think that they're going to do and just shatter the hopes and dreams of Houston outlaw fans. Um, <laughs> get it over with. Get it done early. <laughs> get it. There, there, there's a really good family guy episode where they're talking about the New York Mets and it's like the season's getting started and the first pitch and it's out of the and the season's over. <laughs> because the guy hits like a home run on the first pitch on the whatever opposing team the Mets were playing. I feel like that's going to be Houston again this year. I don't know. I don't think so. I, I think Houston will be fun. But uh, I'm excited for that. Obviously, Gladiators and the Shock, like what are the, the Gladiators really? Um, it's so early to tell, but still, I, I you, you got to circle that one. Um, mm. I'm actually excited to see Dallas versus the Gladiators too, because best of the rest, who who really is that number two team? I think that's what that'll be determining. I think that'll be a close one. I think Atlanta and Florida too is going to be re- like, I think we have mm-hmm. a lot of good NA matchups for week number one. For um, sure. And look, looking, looking at APAC as well. Not oh, even sorry. done. 
because we got Toronto <laughs> Defiant and Atlanta Rain. I think that's going to be a good one, too. I like pretty much all these games. Like, And because it's like our first look at a bunch of these rosters, I think are really, really going to be fun to watch. I think so, too. I, I t- Maybe not too. Vancouver, <sighs> Florida, but like still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Vancouver, Florida, like. Florida, you take your easy wins when you can get them. You, they, they, we don't make the schedule. They don't make the schedule. You just take the wins when you're given them. <laughs> and then you were saying about APAC before I cut you off. Oh, APAC. Um, I think APAC has a very good slate of games. Um, it'll be nice to see the new form Shang Chengdu on day number one. That'll be really nice. Um, I think Shang, Shanghai versus Guangzhou should be a fun game. Philly versus Seoul. I feel like that's one, especially when you think about um, the there's a bit of a grudge match there from the final four of playoffs. So that one, I think, has a little bit more weight to it than some of the other games will. Uh, Seoul versus Guangzhou, I think, will be fun to see, too. Chengdu playing against the best team or the consensus team that everybody thinks is the best in Shanghai. Very curious for that one. And then <laughs> I know Chengdu. Or Philly LA is going to be interesting at the very least. I, I just wonder mm-hmm. how like how does the Valiant do after whatever happens to them day one? What if we're all wrong and Valiant actually come out and play really strong? I don't think that's gonna happen. I don't think we're gonna be wrong. Um there's somebody who's hey, seen we a are, lot of those players a lot. I don't think we're gonna be wrong. We you and I are the two members of the Silver Three Appreciation Club, and we will be damned if this man does not if we do not recognize the couple plays a year this man makes silver this is your chance man like like i had faith in you once before uh that faith has definitely wavered since then if you prove me right i'll and prove me wrong and then prove me from a few years ago right i'll be very happy i won't complain we'll have to do a party or something for when (laughs) if the valiant actually win win a game game handily yes definitely I think that's going to be it. Anything else before we do our wrap up? It's it's finally time, man. I'm just happy that we get to be back. And uh, I'm I'm excited for the changes, too. Like, I, I thought this is <laughs> people don't get to see how animated I get <laughs> for mm. certain things. So now with the cameras on, they do. <laughs> so <laughs> ex- so if you if you want to see a show, watch when we're live. We'll be going live on Sunday nights and it's going to be. You're going to see how how I get when we're doing this. So, oh, and if you think he's bad on here, you get to hear when he and I actually play oh, Overwatch God. together. It's a completely different level. It's, it's who knows? Yeah, it's too competitive. If, it's bad. If it's a little Bosco birthday stream on Sunday, we might have to get some friends in and get a stack going. Yeah, yeah, we might so, have to. That's going to be it for our season opener of Push the Point. Thank you guys so much for being here, whether you're in the stream or you're listening to this on your mobile device we appreciate the heck out of it if you want to help us out if you're feeling so inclined the best thing you can do is leave us a podcast review on your platform of choice that five stars really helps us out makes sure that people can see us that we know what you guys like uh the constructive criticism is always good although most of it has just been about how I play and ranked with people on the podcast. So I appreciate that as well. Um, and we read every new review that we get out here on the show. So if we miss your review, please let us know about it and we will make sure to read it. And there's a couple of things you could do. If you want to support the podcast network, if you want to hang out with us, um, if you want to be on game night, which is April 17th, this coming Saturday, where can they go? Then you go to discord and join us there. Discord.me slash mash those buttons is the link to do that and it's going to keep you up to date too with all of your uh, favorite shows on the network so not just us is the nice thing too like if you're a fan of wow um there's a really cool mini series that's going on about cyberpunk which i know is a very polarizing game but they're talking about some interesting stuff as far as how the game is going and stuff like that so it's worth checking it out for stuff like that too ja does an amazing job with some of those shows, uh, some of those specialty shows that they do for mm-hmm. big releases. So definitely check that stuff out. And of course, find out when when game night is, which again, reminder is going to be the 17th of this month, Saturday, when we will be doing our monthly game night. Um, yeah, that'll be fun, too. Also, if you want to support the network directly, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash mash those buttons dollar month is all you have to do if that's what you want but you can do more and you get access to patreon exclusive content 
when you do even just the $1. So that's the cool thing too. There's some really cool stuff that goes up there. Sometimes you'll see Ramsey's and I on there for some different projects and stuff. Mm. Uh, Extra Spicy, which is uh, our sister uh, podcast that talks about Apex Legends. We were on there a few weeks ago. Or maybe it was a month and a half ago. I can't remember how long you were it's been on there, now. but we've done some extra yeah. spicy Patreon content for there. Um, I know I've been on the Mashless Button Show with Job. We got to get you on there too because you'll crush it. So <laughs> it's it's a good. There's a lot of good stuff on there. Also, we are going to be streaming the show Sunday nights live at 8 p.m. Maybe even earlier for like if we're streaming us playing games uh, on Twitch.tv/slash Mash Those Buttons, the official uh, podcast podcast network channel. Yeah, we we did it on mine for this first one just because uh just wanted to kind of do it just to get a feel for everything and not, you know, put it well, we feel okay putting it on my channel before we'll throw it out onto <laughs> the main one. So It's a practice run. It's a practice yeah, run. Exactly. Um it, you know, it'll be a little bit better too when we go on to there uh for the next one, so definitely stoked for that. For sure. If they want to follow the show on social media, where can they go? At Pushpoint POD is where you do that. Uh, tweet at us. We do some polls and stuff on there. Obviously going to be a lot more active with the season starting. So some cool mm-hmm. stuff. You'll get to see the new logos and the stuff on there, too. So be sure to go to that. Again, shout outs to Red Gear for making that for us. Uh, it's super clean. It's super cool. Uh, I'm already a big fan of it. At uh, pushthepoint at gmail.com if you want to do something a little bit more long form. Maybe you want to write in about your thoughts for the beginning of the season, whatever it might be. Send it to us there. Twitch.tv slash mash those buttons again, where we're going to be next week. So be sure to go there. And if they want to follow you specifically, Lobo, where can they go? At Lobosco for me. That's where you'll see me tweeting about, um, I don't know, stupid stuff, whatever it is that I'm re- all I do is retweet lately. I don't talk about anything anymore. I'm lame. I mean, same here, but we're going to make a better effort for that this season. You can find me on Twitter at Ramsey's underscore OW, which is just me retweeting pop punk and scene kid videos because I've never left 2012. But and Stone Ocean anime. Oh, Stone Ocean finally. <laughs> oh, yes. It's just a bunch of Stone Ocean links for JoJo's. Yeah, it's that. And uh, I've been loving Jujutsu Kaisen lately. That's been like my favorite anime in a long time. Not and one piece is there too, Chris. Don't worry. But I, like it's. Don't worry. About uh, when are you going to watch Jujutsu Kaisen, Chris? I'm going to I'm going to bug you about that at some point. But I don't know when I stop watching uh, Moon Moon run around in GTA RP. I don't know. Well, thanks for hanging out, everybody, for this episode of Push the Point. We are super stoked to be back on that weekly schedule. We'll see you next week at 8 p.m. Pacific time, maybe a little bit earlier for some games. We'll have that up for you guys so you can find out. Thanks for being here and we'll see you soon. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 